Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. We are back with the Heat Wave 32 team in 32 days. Welcome aboard. Every single fantasy relevant player will be brought to you by the Fantasy Football by Broto App Staff. I am your host, the Fantasy Plug, Tim Petropolis, editor-in-chief of BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Broto App. I am joined by my brother, Michael, the king of this fantasy thing and the lead fantasy analyst for Broto. Matt Ward, the Dynasty Don and the Fantasy Encyclopedia himself, also the lead writer at Broto and Santiago Casanova, the genius of fantasy, Broto lead data analyst and developer of fantasy football by Broto app. Speaking of the app, you can download the fantasy football by Broto app today for free and get every single tool you need to become your own expert and dominate fantasy football. Every stat you hear us use today can be found on the app. The best place to find it is on the app. <laughs> fantasy player cards who has every single stat that you need fantasy player grades usage starts start sit tools who to draft tool which you'll be learning more about uh in the middle of this episode player comps podcast consistency charts game logs coaching tendencies articles rankings waivers and advanced stats including true throw value true target value true performance value adjusted air yards and true matchup ranks which are stats you can only get with Broto Fantasy. This app is free because of our patrons over at patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. A big thank you to our patrons over at patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. You are the reason the Broto Machine keeps pumping. Join now to support the show, the app, and join the best community in the world for as little as $3 a month. You get extras like an extra show every single week, which is a waiver wire show, the most important show during the year access to broto leagues does your league suck this one will not proven dfs cash game optimizers access to cheat sheets private team consultations starting up soon the most unique fantasy tournament in the world access to the greatest community in the world not just the fantasy world but the world in general the broto community on discord and if you enjoy the show remember please just you hit us up Three bucks a month. It goes a long way for us. It helps us uh, keep the lights on in this place. Today, we are jumping into the hottest team in the South, the Miami Dolphins. Their offensive outlook is this is a completely new team from last year. This is the first year for Mike McDaniel. He is the former 49ers run game coordinator and offensive coordinator, uh, considered a whiz kid, uh, super Super smart in the running game, uh, as Matt Ward has pointed out on the podcast. Actually gives seminars to other coaches about how to run a run game. And he has another really good mind on on offensive coordinator. Everyone's kind of just thinking about Mike Daniel, but offensive coordinator Frank Smith. He was the Chargers run game coordinator and offensive line coach last year. And he was the tight end coach for the Raiders uh, 2018 to 2020. So if you think about the run game for the Chargers last year, fantastic. And if you think about the tight end coach for the Raiders in 2018, 2020, he took uh, Darren Waller, who had drug problems and injury history that kept him out of the league and made him into one of the best tight ends in the league. So obviously this guy has a resume uh, that he can bring forward. Now, usually this is where I tell you what their running percentage was last year and where they ranked. It doesn't matter. I don't want to cloud your judgment with any of that. This is a brand new team. They brought in brand new players and they brought in a brand new coaching staff. They are trying to forget last year. In fact, let's get to their additions. 
the big addition, wide receiver Tyreek Hill via trade, and of course, tackle Tyron Armstead, who, when he's on the field, is probably one of the top two, three best left tackles in the game. Wide receiver Cedric Wilson Jr. comes over from the Cowboys, center guard uh, Connor Williams, and of course, the running back free agents Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, and Sonny Michelle, and some insurance, some Tua insurance, Teddy Bridgewater. The rookies that came in, uh, Eric I want to say this right. Izukanama. Izukanama. I think it's something like that. There you go. I got it right the first time. In the fourth round, I was waiting for Matt's approval, but uh, <laughs> <I think. laughs> um, they traded a lot of picks. They're kind of going the Sean McVay route of like, fuck these picks. And they're just, uh, they, they traded a bunch of picks for Mika Fitzpatrick. Uh, they traded a bunch of picks for Tyreek Hill. So they don't, they're, they don't care about their picks. They're trying to build through the draft. Their last big pick was made on their quarterback. Let's get into the quarterbacks because just like the Jets, just like the Patriots, a lot of the fantasy success of this of this team is going to depend on their young quarterback and whether they can he can make the next step. A lot going on. If you looked at Tua's numbers, he did show some promise. I'm going to let Matt get into it because he's a fan of Tua's, so I'm going to let him get into it here on why uh, he likes Tua this, coming into this season. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of Tua in comparison to the amount of hate that he gets online and in the media. I, th- I definitely think he's a lot better than people give him credit for. Um, and part of the reason that I like him is, is a big change in the coaching staff. Uh, not to take anything away from Brian Flores, but he's a defensive-minded coach first. And he didn't really open up that playbook for Tua. And a part of the, another part of McDaniel's prowess as a great run-blocking coach is his ability to open scheme yards after the catch. And you saw Kittle... Ayuk and Debo, obviously, but all three of them ranked in the top 10 at their position in yards after the catch. So he's excellent at creating blocking schemes downfield as well. And that's going to open up a lot of additional kind of supplementary stats for Tua when you consider Jalen Waddle having a, the most receptions in the history of any rookie in the NFL and, and his second year breakout and then bringing in Tyreek Hill, who can definitely fill a Debo Samuel-esque role in a Mike McDaniel offense with his speed. Um, so I feel pretty good about Tua. The thing that he's most touted for and for a good reason is he's very very accurate and he doesn't throw the ball deep that much and it was a low volume offense yeah but he had the third highest accuracy rating overall um a seventh ranked completion percentage ninth ranked true completion percentage he was 50 percent completion percentage in his deep balls on i think only like 14 attempts <laughs> um that went beyond the 20 yard mark um but first in red zone completion as well with 64.9 percent. so he's a very capable and accurate quarterback and and showed that in college too he kind of got strong during the middle of the season he had three qb1 performances from week 6 to 13 uh he teetered on qb production throughout that period with qb15 qb15 qb13 um so he's right there at that that breakout stage where he is performing right at the precipice of QB one production already. So yeah, I I do like Tua and I do think that he can support these options to especially pay off where their ADP is. Um, yeah. So I mean, I want to agree with you, bro, but the jury's out on Tua. I just don't like, I don't believe, I just don't believe in him. I got to see it. I got to see it. He just, when he, when I see his tape, he doesn't stand out. Nothing that he does is special. And then I, you know, I've, I've been wrong on quarterbacks before, so I'm not saying that I'm my, my, my opinion is the end all be all. Uh, but I did call Josh Allen being the best quarterback in that draft. I'm just saying that right now. Um, the running backs. This is going to be a, a competition, man. The fantasy community is banking on the fact that Chase Edmonds uh, will make it out of the Mostert, Michelle, Edmonds, and even you can throw Gaskin in there battle. 
Um, I'm not so sure. You know, most Mostert does have ties to McDaniel's. He had a lot of uh, success in the McDaniel scheme in in you know in San Francisco. With that being said, though, if you follow the money, the money does say Chase Edmonds was paid to be the starter, and he probably will be the starter. He's a little undersized. We talked a little bit about him. He's a similar size to James Cook in terms of size. So, with that being said. Cass, how do you see this backfield playing out? And do you think any of these guys are rosterable? Uh, I'm going to take my time with this backfield because I, I find this one very, very interesting, especially because uh, McDaniel brought Mostert for him. Because right now you have, like you said, Edmonds, Mostert, Gaskin, and Michelle, which is like, if you think about it, it's pretty much four of the same guy uh, in terms of fantasy. Like they produce at around the same level. None of them can really be a super good lead back. They've been uh, secondary backs and then got an opportunity, but uh, never really panned out. So this is a very interesting opportunity. If we analyze what McDaniel did last year in San Francisco, he really uh, just went with one guy. And that one why a guy was Mitchell, even though they drafted Sermon as well. So uh, really, you just have to check who the guy is going to be. I don't think they're going to run a committee, even though San Francisco has done that in the past. Who is going to be the guy? I have no idea, to be perfectly honest. I would bank on Chase Edmonds. He's listed number one in the depth chart. And like Tim said, uh, you got to follow the money. Mostert played four snaps last year, and it's already listed as questionable this uh, on ESPN this season. Uh, Gaskin, kind of disappointed, but kind of not. He was very similar to Edmonds. I'm not targeting any of these guys uh, actively. They're not going to be a, a league winners, I don't think. Especially when you look at the Tua's numbers are very similar to Garoppolo's numbers in terms of throwing to running backs. And uh, running backs in San Francisco were not known for catching passes. Mitchell was insane rushing, terrible receiving. That's not good for PPR leagues. And like I said, uh, Jimmy G has 6.1 passes. Per game, uh, targets to game per game to running backs and two has six. So as close as it, as it can be. So standard leagues, I would target Edmonds at some point. PPR leagues, this is not a backfield you want to be involved with. I disagree. Oh, right, I'm gonna talk to him. Talk to him, Michael. Talk to the people, kid. I think we got our first hard disagree on the the heat wave. Man, Chase Edmonds ADP. There's absolutely no reason not to invest in him. Um, he just got paid like $6 million a year uh, for two years by the Dolphins, which is not cheap by any means, especially for a running back. Um, I know you said like Mike McDaniel and the 49ers like to not like to pass to their running backs and such, but they're also very good at scheming their players um, and getting their players touches where they know they could uh, uh, be productive. And Chase Edmonds is a tremendous uh, pass catching running back. That's where really where he shined in his young career. He's also been a very good uh, back um, when given the opportunity to rush as well. Um, I don't think he's like this bell cow back. I don't think he'll be no, like a 20 not. carry five reception guy. Like sure, maybe Mostert um, mixes in, maybe even Salvan Ahmed mixes in. I think Miles Gaskin is a complete afterthought. Maybe Sony Michelle mixes in, whatever. Come on. But I think, what but I think J- uh, what about Jared Dokes. <laughs> Matt, Yo, still Jared holding out hope, Matt. Still holding out hope, Matt. <laughs> Team Dokes. Team like, Dokes. Give me, a, man, give me Chase Edmonds at his ADP. I mean, he's going like the ninth, tenth round. Give me that at ADP all day. It's another yeah, ADP ambiguous sh- backfield. Take the guy who 
has the most likely shot of of breaking out in that backfield. I don't think there's any downside taking him where he is. I think he opens the season with flex value with a lot of room for more. I think at ADP, like uh, round 10 ADP, he does hold a little bit of value with uh, if you're going with a 0RB or a CISO RB strategy. Well, 0RB, no, I'm not so sure because he's so not, that was he's not the sure thing. He's not the sure it's, thing you want like, him to be. I do kind of agree with Mike, and that was just essentially the point that I wanted to make is, is it, it's entirely – um, dependent on roster build and how you're drafting for me with Chase Edmonds this year. I think if he's your RB3 or you're going to slide into a weekly flex play in the 10th round, that's great. But for guys that are going with that zero RB strategy and waiting that long instead of popping one off and maybe the fifth grabbing a hero kind of style or, or in the seventh and eight where you can get a Kareem Hunt and going for Chase Edmonds as your RB1 production and, and that kind of hoping for those spike weeks, you're going to be pretty disappointed, I think. So for zero RB, I, I, he's not really a target that I'm interested in. Like, yeah, I think we're going to see sustainable RB2 production from Edmonds, but minimal Minimal RB one week and sustainable RB two production is even like questionable, man. Because uh, even when he started as the lead back for Arizona last season, he had an RB one RB one performance all year and all his healthy games. So and that's as a pretty much sure thing lead back. I, I, I know I, I banged the Connor drum and I was right in the end, but uh, Edmonds was the number one at the start and he didn't really even show much then. I mean, you also got to consider unless unless they decide to completely go against the scheme that they've been running in San Francisco, Raheem Mostert ran that scheme better than arguably anybody else. So I think that's something to be considered. All right, let's take a break right here at the running backs because we're about to get into wide receivers. But first, we're going to get into the Brodo app tip of the day. And today we're going to be talking about the who to draft tool. That is right. If you are deciding who to draft, don't go into your notes and scramble last second. Put it right into the app two players you can you can compare and see which one is uh more likely to outscore the other so Cass, it is on you could watch us at youtube.com slash broto fantasy and on the fantasy football by broto app in order to um in order to see what's going on here and yeah Cass, take it away so it's self-explanatory you pick two players pick your scoring format if it's super flex or not and then you get this beautiful table that's based on a weighted aggregate of rankings by different people. And this is what we call the true consensus, which you can find in the rankings app as well. But it gives you the, the average ranking of the, that uh, true consensus, the draft percentage we recommend, and then last year's uh, rating, last year's points per game they had, and then the expected strength of schedule. And that's using the true matchup ranks that we saw in the last episode. So as you can see, this is Deontay Johnson versus Jalen Waddle. Johnson had a, a better rating last year, has a better expected strength of schedule this year. So that corresponds to a higher draft percentage. It's really that simple. Come so you can, see, you can see here Deontay Johnson. Sorry, Michael, real quick. Deontay Johnson's at 66%. Jalen Waddle's at 34%. So that basically is like it's 66% likely that Deontay Johnson outscores uh, Jalen Waddle uh, this season. Right. And I think that that's something that that, that – you know, we're not going to ever, nothing's ever going to be 100% because there's no way you can ever, ever know. But this is going to give you the highest, the, the best information to make your own uh, conclusions. Michael, go ahead, bro. Let's say, did you select Jalen Waddle or did the, the app just know? I again? did select it. It, it wasn't magic uh, this time. I did select it. <laughs> All right. So speaking of Jalen Waddle, let's get into these wide receivers. Michael, I know usually I want to make these 
uh, transitions. But let's talk about all these guys at the same time. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Not all of them, just two of them. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Now, we had a uh, a podcast recently where me, Matt, and Cass all talked about how much we like Tyreek Hill and how much we like Jalen Waddle. If you want to go back in the archives and listen to that uh, some more, but we'll mention it here. But now it's Michael's turn. Michael. Yes. I mentioned the Eli Manning rule. And the Eli Manning rule, for those who don't know, is there was a year where Eli Manning had all these weapons. He had OBJ. He had Victor Cruz. He had um, uh, – there was a third wide receiver that was bad good. He had Evan Ingram. Uh, I think it was – damn, there was a third wide receiver. that Why, why is he slipping like back? Steve oh, Sterling, Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram. Um, there are t- so many guys being ranked in the top 36 and in the top one in their position um, that – it didn't make any sense when Eli Manning was ranked 25th, right? So if you don't believe in Eli Manning's production, but you think that these players are going to get production out of thin air, uh, that's what I'm looking at here. I don't believe in Tua enough to think that Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle can both be sustainable top 20 wide receivers. Michael, do you? Yeah, so look, Tyreek Hill is someone I think is less of a wild card than people think. A lot of people are like not in on Tyreek Hill at his current ADP. And look, this guy, it's not like he was – solely a product of Patrick Mahomes. He is consecutive years of straight up domination as an NFL wide receiver. And he's stepping into a role where he's going to be featured. If he wasn't going to be featured, the Dolphins wouldn't have traded five picks, including a first round pick and a second round pick to get him. And they wouldn't have signed him to a record breaking four year, $120 million extension. Tyreek Hill is going to be that guy in the offense. And look, like I said, Patrick Mahomes, obviously was a big benefactor of like how Tyreek Hill was so good, but dropping down to Tua, the Dolphins are giving Tua a strong supporting cast. Clearly they're trying to get this guy uh, weapons to provide an offense good enough to, I mean, hopefully make the playoffs this season. And Tyreek Hill has put together five straight seasons with a true fantasy grade of a minus or above. Um, The only one where he didn't was his rookie season where he came on at the end of the year. And like Matt mentioned earlier, Tua didn't throw downfield very often. But when he did, he was decently successful. I don't want to dive into that too much because it is a very small sample. Rabbit holes are never a good thing, diving into like things that are that tiny of a sample. But I'm just betting on the talent of Hill. That's really the option. Do you want to bet on the talent of Hill or not? And I would bet on the talent of Hill. And at ADP of wide receiver eight in the second round, um, I don't see a reason to fade Tyreek Hill, and then you have Jalen Waddle, who at ADP of wide receiver 15, look, man, like you said, the Eli Manning rule, can Tua sustain both of these guys? For Jalen Waddle, he last season was 7th in receptions, 13 in points, points per game, 10th in targets, without Tyreek Hill, without Chase Edmonds. He was 26th in true target value, 91st in average depth of target, 58th in points per opportunity, excluding touchdowns. He was very much a volume-based wide receiver. He was very good as a rookie, 140 targets, 104 receptions, as Matt noted. He was like breaking records out there, but he was very much a volume-based wide receiver, and now Tyreek Hill is there. And guess what? Tyreek Hill is more than likely better than Jalen Waddle. So I'm, I would rather bet on Tyreek Hill than I would on Jalen Waddle because I don't think the, the, um, the, Dolphins are going to be able to provide high end value for both of these guys. I just I think Jalen Waddle is priced completely at his ceiling at ADP of wide receiver 15 because he would have to match last year's stats to be wide receiver 15 
and I don't think he matches last year's stats. I know Matt has a, Matt and Cass both have a disagree with you. Matt even mentioned that there's a there's a possibility that this guy becomes the next Debo Samuel. Matt, how yeah, you? I, well, how you feeling? I mean, there's just an interesting correlation stat, and Mike kind of said it too. Is before Debo, Debo Samuel's breakout, um, he had a, I think his target depth was less than three yards, and it hilariously ranked 92nd that year. And then he broke, yeah, exactly, yeah. And then Mike McDaniels was like, I think I can use that, and then figured out, you know, how to turn Debo into Debo. And obviously, Debo has that talent himself, and he's built like a you know, he's built like a Mack truck, like the, the kid is thick and, and Jalen Waddle is a little undersized, but just schematically is I don't think Waddle is going to maintain that number of targets. Um, I, I think that would certainly come down, but he's going to be a really good fit in this offense. And if we're talking about Tyree Kill kind of adjusting his role to fit to his a dot and his lack of throwing deep, then Waddle already fills that role really, really well. Um, so I, I, I do think that wide receiver 15 is essentially that is ceiling wide receiver 13, I guess technically would be ceiling is what we're looking at. And I never like drafting guys at ceiling um, unless I really, really believe in that, that potential being higher than anybody else in that tier. So Waddle is a little expensive for me right now, but I don't think he's like going to be a non-factor. Yeah. I mean, what if he was what? ranked around like wide receiver 22 ish, I think that would make a lot oh, of I'd be, sense. Oh, I'd be all in. Yeah. Like, cause I, I think I have him in my projections. I think he's wide receiver 17 for me and I'm, a, I'm right around wide receiver nine on Hill for the year. So like that, that's kind of the thing is I am, I am expecting a bit of a jump in passing production from Tua and for him to kind of make the QB one leap, he would need to maintain some of the rushing production that he showed in college. Um, but I don't think it's like if it was coming to our bold predictions and I said, you know, Jalen Waddle, wide receiver 16, I don't think that's that bold. I think that's something that needs to be considered too, is uh, the role of Cedric Wilson on this team. They just paid him three years, 22 million, 12.57, 12.75 million guaranteed. Hard to believe doesn't play a role, but you're not rostering him. Oh, you are going to, you're going to get there for Cedric Wilson. (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, because of the, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's somebody that's going to take over that slot slot role that, that Cedric Wilson just got signed for. Okay. uh, Mike. Yeah, oh, I mean, how do you feel about Cedric? I know Matt is going to talk about the the Mike Asiki slot factor here. Um, that's really what you have to like. Is it going to be Cedric Wilson or Mike Asiki mainly coming out of the slot? Um, like you said, Cedric Wilson got surprisingly paid by Miami. That was before the Tyree Kill trade. Um, I don't know if they did that not knowing that they'd be able to get another impact wide receiver. Um, I assume if they got Tyree Kill, they probably wouldn't have got. Cedric Wilson for that type of money you never know obviously I'm just making things up uh basically but that's how I feel about it I just don't think Cedric Wilson has like if I don't think Tua could really keep Waddle and Tyreek Hill afloat at ADP then I'm definitely not going to think he's gonna be able to keep Cedric Wilson afloat as a fantasy viable option like especially like with Mike Kosicki typically playing the slot uh, in previous seasons that's where he lived I'm just not in on Cedric Wilson at all all right, so let's get to Mike Kosicki. Um, I, I feel like t- upside, George Kittle. Downside, completely useless. Um, <laughs> Matt, how are you feeling about Mike Kosicki? 
I mean, we literally saw that uh, last season where he had tight end one overall finishes and then one week with 0.0 points on on eight targets or whatever it was. So, yeah, I mean, that literally is Mike Kosecki's range of outcomes is tight end one overall upside on any given week. Uh, Maybe not as an overall fantasy finish, uh, because I do still think guys like Andrews, especially Kelsey, obviously in the role with all those vacated targets. Um, But yeah, I, I think... What we've touched on a lot in this AFC East is it's kind of full of late round viable tight ends. And and I think Gusecki with 412 slots out of the snap, the highest percentage of any tight end in the NFL in 2021, I, I think he's their slot receiver. And if you're looking at a wide receiver three option in Miami, it's Mike Gusecki. So I don't think, you know, 75 targets for 800 yards is really out of the question. And, and I really do think, especially because of how we've seen San Francisco run their offense in the past. And I, I think Mike McDaniels is a bigger part of that system than he's given credit for. And they, they funnel targets. It's three dudes. It's three dudes only. They've never had a wide receiver four. even. They have a wide receiver one, a wide receiver two, and their wide receiver three was George Kittle. So I, I think Mike Gusecki is that they see him there. And certainly athletically enough, like if you look at Gusecki's athletic profile, he's one of the most athletic tight ends in history. Like that Check guy his is an absolute card. freak. Yeah, he's an absolute monster athletically. So there's no denying he can thrive in the George Kittle receiving role. No, he's nowhere near of a blocker, but they don't use him there. He, he's a slot receiver. He's a six foot six, two hundred and fifty pound slot receiver. That was pretty funny, Matt. You said four hundred twelve slots out of the snap. <laughs> well, yeah, snaps out of the slot. Yeah. Thanks for letting me roll there, though. I started laughing. I don't know if anyone else noticed. I picked it up, right. but I thought you were just impressed. <laughs> I thought you were laughing at me because you're always mean to me. Um, bold predictions. It's time to have some fun. Uh, this one again, don't don't hold us to it. This is like a, a little hyperbolic. Cass, what is your bold prediction? Start us off. I have a I have a good one this time because the Dolphins <laughs> are gonna have uh wide receiver one, tight end one, and QE one next season. Oh, wow. hold on, I got I'm gonna go second because I have Top 12. I have, so I have the in- position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, not overall. Doug, come yeah, on, yeah, come okay, on. Okay. Doug. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> I got I got one on, on I have the exact opposite. My bold prediction is that none of the oh, current God. starters uh let's put Chase Edmonds in that. None of the current starters reach ADP. Not even Terry Hill. Ah, so I don't oh, think EP okay, yeah. Okay, okay. I don't think they'll be, like I don't think they'll be terrible, but I just don't think that Hill will reach six, Waddle will reach reach twenty, so Gusecki will reach reach tight end nine, things like that, so Ready. on and so forth. So that's Ready. my that's my bold prediction. Uh Michael, what do you got? <laughs> I say uh, there's at least a 12 spot difference between Terry Kill and Jalen Waddle in points per game this season. Wow, in points per game, yeah, I points per game is bold, finish, but that's bold. I like it. I like it. That's a good. Yeah. All right, I'll ride that train in with hate on my fist. <laughs> um, and Matt, finish us off, bro. Um, Mike Kosecki doubles his ADP. So uh, in points per, like up or down? Like up. Up. Okay. Up. He outproduces no, ADP. He outproduces okay, okay, his okay. ADP by times two. <laughs> like, wow. like so. If he's if he's tight end nine right now, he's t- tight end four points per game finish. Nice. So, uh, the like the fantasy football, the fantasy football uh, by Brodo Ab and the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, the diversity is what brings it yeah, together. Diverse up? opinions what's here, uh, all over the board. Um, and also, I don't even know if you knew this. We're we're coming to you live from three different countries right now. Canada, Mexico, and the United True. States. 
We got North Napa, America, baby. On, on, on. We're global. Uh, yeah, we're global. Uh, I see you laughing, Michael. I know why you're laughing. Uh, <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at BrotoFFTim, at BrotoFFMike, at BrotoFFCasanova, and at PsychWardFF, at BrotoFantasy for everyone, and at FF by Broto for anything you need for the app. We're coming to you with a completely different division uh, tomorrow, so stay tuned. We will see you then. Remember, 32 teams in 32 days. The Fantasy Football by Broto app. Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. BrotoFantasy.com. Poof.